Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mark Ryan of the Van Upstate, he joins the show once again. Mark, what's going on, my friend? Great to chat with you. Like I mentioned, I know we spoke on your your airwaves on Monday, but it feels like it's been quite a long time, my friend. Great to chat with you once again. College football is here again, Chris. Ah, yes. Buckle up. Over the next four months, there will be moments of joy. There will be moments where we are tearing (laughs) at each other. That is the beauty that is college football and my friends. We would have it no other way. Uh, Chris, we need a name for your audience. Should we, on our on our airwaves, we call angry Gamecock fans the angry birds after the game, after the, after the game, you know? So what is the name for your audience? You know, like uh, it, listeners of our show, mm-hmm. we're the off, they're the offsiders, right? Mm-hmm. What, uh, what's, the, what's the name for your audience? But anyway, guys, there will be moments this year uh, where you want to punch me in the face. Perhaps you want to do so right now. There will be moments this year where you really like what we have to say, um, but uh, realize it's all coming from a good place. And, and uh, it's how can you not be incredibly excited about uh, what Shane Beamer is building in Columbia? Mark, in regards to the name for the audience, the only one that I feel like has really stuck is just the Daily Crowers. I mean, people have people have thrown that around. And unfortunately, the nicknames, it seems, more so have come for the the bottom 10 percenters, the Angry Birds. We call them on Twitter the Carolina Slapdick community. That's what we've nicknamed okay. them. So, gotcha. yeah, not not one that I think you can say on your airwaves, but that's one we we say with pride here on these airwaves. Either envious, way. Very envious <laughs> of how you're able to get away with that. Yeah. I am not. Yeah. Mark, if you want to be envious of what we're able to get away with and not, listen to the postgame call-in show on Saturday night if South Carolina – loses to UNC my friend you will probably hear more f-bombs and more curse words than you've ever heard I mean I'm I'm putting the over under mark at four and a half four and a half times that I get cussed out this season on the postgame call-in show I, well, I think that's a fair number to North they are going to lose to North Carolina on Saturday Chris um <laughs> you know that that's that is going to happen uh that's okay it's not the end of the world okay admission is the first step toward recovery all right uh, I'm sure this clip will be repurposed, sent to freezing cold takes, if I am in fact wrong. Look, guys, I I do believe it's going to be a close game. All right. I I believe it's going to be a very, very close game. But I have concerns about where South Carolina is still on both lines of scrimmage. The question to me here entering this game, Chris, is whose defense is worse, right? Who has made strides in that area? Um, 
And when all is said and done, look, I believe there's a reason North Carolina is ranked in the top 25 and South Carolina at this point is not. Um, and I think most of the most of the picks and prognostications on this, Chris, are right on the money, actually. You know, it's like North Carolina is a 58 percent chance to win. Um, North Carolina is a two and a half point favorite. I, it's, it's like as I think about this game, I see perhaps a tie game late with North Carolina and Drake May driving for the game-winning field goal. I mean, that that's how I see it playing out. It also wouldn't surprise me, Chris, you know, the, the over-under of this game was 64 and a half. What? You know, they're like, it wouldn't surprise me if you need a first-digit four to win this. Mark, you look at the quarterback battle, like you mentioned, Spencer Rattler and Drake May. Um, you know, there are other factors for sure. You mentioned the defenses, but what are you looking for specifically between those two guys? Because you've got a pair of quarterbacks. The ceilings are extremely high when they're at their best, but we've seen both be inconsistent. How much of this game do you think is factor in on simply just put the performance of those two quarterbacks? Yeah, no, look, I actually believe, Chris, um, all of the intangibles in this game are working in the Gamecocks' favor. We're always going to shoot straight with people. You know what I mean? And I see some of the some of the. Uh, you got a lot of great commenters. You got a lot of great listeners. But some of the losers in the comments below. You know, it's amazing to me how many people just want to subscribe to what they want to hear. You know, do any of you guys think for yourselves? Do you think for yourselves? You let you let everyone else do your thinking for you, right? My belief is North Carolina wins this game. It's not because. You know, I've got some beef with Beamer or anything like that. It's my belief, right? It's my belief. I think Drake May is that dude. I think um, Mac Brown has been at uh, North Carolina longer than Shane Beamer, right? And, and I, feel, I feel like that's going to be seen on the field. And I feel like North Carolina's taken the whole offseason to work on that defense. So I like North Carolina close. There's a lot of people that like North Carolina close, guys. Doesn't mean you're a hater, you know? Doesn't mean a hater. I, I know you want to just live in a world with guarded and black glasses on, but Sometimes, every once in a while, get out, see the rest of the world. It'll be good for you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, Mark, based on your pick, if South Carolina is going to win and go against what you have predicted, it'll be because of what? What do they have to do to maybe overcome some of the things that you think are, are, are going against them in this ballgame? What specifically will South Carolina have to do to win this football game? Yeah, man, control the line of scrimmage, Chris. And I think, you know, to carry and join are getting 100 yards on the ground would be an incredible, you know, I'm so, how excited are you to see him? like in that featured role, you know, in terms of the different ways they could use him. Is this going to be like a Percy Harvin, Debo Samuel type of role? Is it going to be more of a traditional running back role? Look, because you consider it, Chris, I mean, you consider what they're able to do with him, you know, whether it be, um, you know, a a, a running back screen pass or, you know, a, a, like a, there's so many tricks. There's so many gadget plays you can you can run with him, and he's just got a diversity of skill set that you'd be a fool not to utilize, right? So I'm super excited to see him and how he is utilized uh, in this offense. If the line of scrimmage can be controlled, if he's got a hundred yards on the ground, if South Carolina is really kind of running the ball all over North Carolina, taking pressure off that maligned offensive line and Spencer Rattler, that's where I see South Carolina could could win this game potentially. And if they do, man, if they do, I mean, Chris, I feel like there's more pressure on North Carolina in this game because it, to a degree, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina could lose this game and still have a halfway decent season, right? Uh, If South Carolina wins this game, now you're looking at the rest of the game. Now Mississippi State is not a trendy upset pick for the Gamecocks to lose. Now you're saying, wow, will will we beat? North Carolina, 38 to 24. Uh, Now you're looking at Florida as a surefire win. Missouri's a game you expect to win. Uh, Mississippi State's a game you expect to win. Maybe now most people think you have a chance at A&M, a chance at Tennessee. Remember, I picked South Carolina to win at Texas A&M, right? So I think think there's a path forward here for South Carolina, and that's why it's such a close pick nationally and what the analytics people are telling you. Mark, how important, I know we just spoke on the quarterback battle, but how important do you think this game is for Spencer Rattler from the standpoint of, you know, I I think no matter what happens, Drake May is looked at as a Heisman hopeful, but definitely a surefire, excuse me, a surefire NFL draft pick, top five pick, whatever it might be, first rounder. The jury's still kind of out on Spencer Rattler. And and the question mark all offseason has been, well, is he more of the guy we saw in the first 10 games? Or the final three. How big do you think it is? How important for him do you think it is to have a good game in this one? Because you know as well as I do, the narrative's going to go one way or the other. Yeah, look, Chris, I think I think that's I think that's everything. Honestly, you know what I mean. I mean that's that's everything for the Gamecocks in this game. Um, you know, and again, this is the first step, Chris, towards addressing that stat that we gave you and your audience in January that the South Carolina Gamecocks were the only team last year um, ranked outside of the top 100 
in rush offense and rush defense that had a winning record. I'm sure Beamer's aware of that, right? Mm. I don't hear any of the Homer local media telling him that, but I'm sure he's aware of that, right? The only team in America ranked outside the top 100 rush offense, rush defense that had a winning record. So it would seem to me like North Carolina is a great team to work on that against with their malign defense a year ago. So what are we seeing on the lines? Does this look like a game, Chris, where the SEC talent that South Carolina has is just obvious and it's just evident? I mean, does it does it look like that? You know, are they controlling the line of scrimmage or are we saying, well, there's really not much difference, ACC and SEC, in this matchup? Interestingly, Chris, my um, – and I apologize because I don't remember where North Carolina was off the top of my head, but – one of my favorite charts of the year, Brad Crawford, uh, our friend, uh, sent me a text yesterday, and he said, Mark, I know you love this. I wanted you to be the first to have it. Texted me the 2023 Team Talent Composite, which looks at the entire talent on the roster and gives your roster a ranking for every player on the, on the team. And South Carolina's 22nd, and Florida is 15th heading in the year. So, Chris, the talent is there. The talent is there. I mean, the talent is there to have a really good season for the Mark. Gamecocks. UNC was seventeenth, by the way. I don't know if you missed that. They they were actually ahead of South Carolina, believe it or not. Oh, UNC was seventeenth. You did see that? How mm. about that? Okay, mm. okay. Well, you know, every year, Chris. You know, in 2019, <laughs> when I got here, Florida State was ninth, and they were awful. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's just it. I love that list because it shows you who's getting more out of less and who's getting less out of more who's got real deep program cultural issues that they're working working through. That was Mike Norvell in Florida State, uh, Willie Taggart then on, in 2019-2020. But yeah, North Carolina number 17 overall. Chris, I mean, look, have you made your pick official yet? I will do so. I will do so tomorrow. I, I picked this game in the summer when I did my game by game predictions for the season, and I did pick yeah. the Gamecocks yeah. to beat North Carolina and, you know, not much has changed on both sides. That doesn't mean I did not change my pick, but I'm going to be saving it for Fridays every week, but you could probably do the math. So, <laughs> Well, you know, look, it's interesting, Chris. We both had the Gamecocks 7-5. and five. Mm. Um, I had them beating, losing to UNC, beating Mississippi State. Mm. You had them beating UNC, losing to Mississippi State. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see how, how it goes. Like, are there any Gamecock fans out there that actually believe North Carolina is going to win? You know, I don't it's, think it's, not, it's really true fans. I don't. I don't think so. That that's what makes this fascinating, Mark. Is I, I have not seen like the two respective fan bases both think they're going to win. Which I guess when you have a coin flip game, toss up game, that's sort of how it works. Because most folks, like you mentioned, unfortunately, and I'm not trying to come at anyone, but most folks can't look at it objectively. I think it's a coin flip game. I mean, I really do. Like neither result would shock me, right? Like neither result. If North Carolina won this game, if you told me. Spencer Rattler didn't play very well or the run game got stymied and Rattler threw two picks and UNC won 34 to 24, it wouldn't shock me. Or if you told me vice versa happened, the reverse happened and South Carolina benefited off turnovers and they won 34 to 24, 38, 24, that wouldn't shock me either. So I think it's going to be a very close game. I think it's a one score game. I think it's truly a coin flip. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to say it's as simple as which quarterback plays better. That's what it comes down to. I think the running games are very important, like you mentioned, controlling line of scrimmage. And I think that's one of the reasons why earlier in the summer, 
you know, I looked at South Carolina more favorably because does UNC have the bodies up front to expose the deficiencies that are South Carolina's line of scrimmage? And maybe they won't be this year, but at this point right now, until anything's proven differently, you have to look at them that way, right? So I'm not sure UNC has those bodies, but they do have great athletes on the outside, and they do have a great quarterback, which always gives you a chance. Mark, I wanted to ask you this. You touched on it briefly, but, you know, to your point, you, even though it shouldn't happen, it will happen. A lot of folks are putting so much stock in this game in the sense of it's the most important game of the year. It's the make-or-break game of the season. We cannot have a successful season if we don't win this game. What are your thoughts on that? And does South Carolina have to win to, quote-unquote, pop in year three of Shane Beamer, as you mentioned so often? Yes, they do. They do. Um, Chris, I are you familiar with Kelly Ford? I am. Are you guys – you guys – Yes, uh, come in yes. For- the Daily Crowers, are you guys familiar with <laughs> Kelly Ford? Um, so he gave me some numbers on South Carolina yesterday. And his analytics, again, don't like South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Now, I like Kelly Ford a lot, but he says South Carolina has a 1% chance to win the SEC East. Their most likely record is 6-6. Six and six. That's their most likely record. There are 57% chance to be bowl eligible. And there's just an 11% chance that South Carolina wins eight or more games. And I, I closed with him, Chris, by, by kind of putting his feet to the fire a little. But I said, Kelly, your analytics were wrong on this team last year. Wrong. So I said, if they punk your analytics system two years in a row, will you at least come out and say that the Gamecocks, people should pay no attention to my analytics when it comes to this team? Like, this team destroys my analytics model. Because if they do it two years in a row, Chris – they deserve that. 11% chance, Chris, to win eight games or more. You and I all offseason, what have we said? The goal is nine and three. Successful is eight and four. Disappointing is seven and five. Failure is six and six or below. That, that, that has been my criteria, your criteria. We agreed on that the entire offseason. We're not going to change it right now. So if seven and five is disappointing, Chris, then yes, this is a game you got to win. You must win this game. I still do believe Chris as well. You know, uh, we asked yesterday, does South Carolina have another top 10 win in them this year? Right. And you already know you have Georgia and Clemson on the schedule. Might A&M, might Tennessee be top 10 when those games are played? You know, South Carolina seems good for at least one of those games each year. So if you do trip up and lose to a Missouri or a Kentucky or a Mississippi State, that makes up for that. But I think any model that has South Carolina 8-4 and four or 9-3, and three, has them beating UNC on Saturday. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. 
Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. And I would agree with you, Mark. I don't know that there's really a path to eight wins, certainly more than that, without winning this type of swing game. And you mentioned, Mark, the intangibles. And, you know, there are a lot of fascinating storylines in this football game on Saturday night. You mentioned to carry on Joyner. I don't think that's getting enough talk at all, the way he's going to be utilized. And I think he's, you know, Mark, he's the most fascinating player in my mind and the guy I'm most excited to watch this season, just how he is utilized and what he's able to do with his opportunities. But how much do you expect the intangibles to play a factor Saturday night? Because like you mentioned, we don't spend a ton of time talking about special teams. And when it comes to South Carolina, you have to, man. Beamer ball. It, it, it makes it so hard to predict, though, because you can't rely on it necessarily. But it's interesting how that tends to be a thing time and time and time again. You look at last year's season opener. Gamecocks blocked a pair of punts. I know it was Georgia State, but still, it would not shock me if we see that yet again, if Beamer ball shows itself in Charlotte. And uh, the real value, Chris, too, of having, you know, having your special teams actually be special is think of the extra attention. You know, what do you get 20 hours of practice a week with your with your team? Mm. Think of the extra attention and worry that the South Carolina Gamecocks special teams create, you know, uh, from Frank Beamer to Shane Beamer. And, you know, everyone's saying we can't have a special teams play change the course of the game. And then with Shane Beamer, oftentimes it does even if you're prepared for it. So, you know, fake punts, what do you have in store? Uh, block punts, you better have your block punts, uh, you know, you better have your punt protect ready uh, to go against Shane Beamer and, and the Gamecocks. What does he have up his sleeve, man? It just, that's the kind of stuff that keeps you up at night because special teams, teams Chris, is one of those things where between the 20s, you could be getting dominated in one or two special teams plays. You win the game, and we've already seen Shane Beamer do that, man. I think... Man, gosh, are are you feeling the same thing I'm feeling, Chris? The competitive juices are flowing, man. They're here. This has been an incredibly long offseason, but Mm -hmm. they're here, and it is now. And let me tell you, Clemson has themselves a really tricky game as well coming up on Monday. Uh, You know, my message to Clemson fans would be, don't allow South Carolina to beat North Carolina, and you guys trip up at Duke. I've spoken to some of my contacts at Duke today, Chris, they believe they're going to win the game, okay? They believe they're beating Clemson. They're not there to make it respectable, okay? Riley Leonard and company, they think they've got an, an under-the-radar Heisman Trophy candidate. They love what Mike Elko is doing. Like, they, they're coming to win that game. So, you know, they're being quiet about it. Maybe I'm blowing the cover a little bit here, but they're being quiet about it, Chris. But there's a belief in Durham that they can spring the upset on Monday. Mark, really quickly, what was your score prediction for South Carolina, North Carolina? I know you got UNC winning, but what was the score associated with it? 34-31. Okay, 34-31. You mentioned the Clemson-Duke game. We'll get into that, and then, of course, I want to talk Gators-Utah with you tonight, of course, in Salt Lake City. You've got Clemson winning, but it sounds like you're pretty convinced that's going to be a back-and-forth close ball game. The spread right now, Mark, I think is Clemson's a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Do you see it being much closer in that? And why do you think Clemson's able to steal that one in week one? Well, it, it really, Chris, shouldn't be competitive, right? I mean, it, it shouldn't. But, you know, Mike Elko really shocked the world in, uh, in season one with Duke. They weren't expected to do what they did on, under. And he's, got, he's recruiting at Duke at a higher level than they're, than they're used to. Remember, this is a program back in the old ball coaches days that actually won the All Cupcakes Conference. 
They won the All Cupcakes Conference, Chris. So can they do it again, right? Um, the answer is, of course, no. And Clemson, talent for talent on that ta- team talent composite, Chris, I'm sure you noticed, Clemson was fifth overall, top five. So it, it, it really shouldn't be close. But then again, Chris, you know, Florida's number 15 and Utah's got it, number 33. Utah's favored to win by five or six points, right? So the reality is sometimes – a coach is able to develop his system, put players in his system, and that accounts for a lot. I don't think Duke is there yet, but I do think there are going to be Dukey wins over the Florida States of the world, the North Carolinas of the world during Mike Elko's era at Duke. The question is, is he ready yet? I don't know that they're ready to beat Clemson yet, but my point to you is talking to them, they believe they can do it. They believe that, that, you know, Clemson is cruising for a bruise and endure them on Monday night. And Mark, I'm siding with you. I'm picking the Clemson Tigers to win as well. I think it could be a close ball game, but I am picking Clemson to get the victory. Let's talk. Hey, we got SEC football. Week one begins tonight, Mark Ryan. Five straight days of college football. So excited. Your Florida Gators going to Salt Lake City. No cam rising for Utah. And Mark, you and I were talking about this off the record. It is just wild to me that we spent the entire offseason basically carving out Billy Napier's tombstone, right? Like Florida's dead in the water. And all of a sudden, Mark, over the last four or five days, I, I just see folks picking Florida to win, to beat Utah. There, there's Florida buzz right now. What's your thoughts on this ball game? Is Florida able to go into Salt Lake City and get the upset victory? I'm not qualified to comment, Chris. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not qualified to comment. Uh, listen, I'm not going to come in here, Chris. And, uh, you know, I'm going to pull like, you know how they do it on college game day when Kirk Herbstreit is calling the game. So he just gives the keys to the game. He doesn't pick the game. Mm, I'm going to give right. you that. Okay. Because I can't come in here and ask for uh, G- Gamecock fans to be objective. Are there any Gamecock fans that think North Carolina is actually going to win this game? And then come in here and just pick Florida. The last thing I remember, Chris, is, you know, Florida against a team that didn't win the Pac-12, Oregon State, struggling to keep their scoring streak alive with a last-second field goal to lose 30-3 to in a bowl game. Uh, That was embarrassing. That was pathetic. That was a joke. There's a reason so many people like yourself, Chris, I was deeply hurt, deeply offended to see you have power-ranked Florida as the second-worst team in the SEC this year. Um, you know, what fans do this time of year, Chris, is they convince themselves a way uh, for a way to have hope, for a way to be surprised. <laughs> so what are you hearing? Hey, man, Michael Penix wasn't very good at Indiana. Then he transferred to Washington. All of a sudden, he's really good. Bo Nix wasn't really good at Auburn. Then he transfers to Oregon. Now he's a Heisman Trophy candidate. Graham Mertz, could he be? Could he be? Um, I do feel like, Chris, unfortunately... Billy Napier could be the right guy at Florida, all right? Um, In life, there are reasons and there are excuses, right? There are reasons and there are excuses. Florida has the most difficult schedule in the country. Florida next year, Chris, has the most difficult schedule in the history of college football. Look it up. In In the history of college football, all right? So it's very possible that Florida could go six and six back to back years, fans calling for his head. And Billy Napier is still the right guy for the job. That, I, I, that's very, very possible. If Florida is going to make anything of this season, 
if they're if they have a chance of being something this season without cam rising you got to figure out a way to win this game you know chris if if you can't beat utah 33rd talents in america and that's with cam rising by the way if you can't beat them without their heisman trophy candidate quarterback um I, i i just don't see how anything above five and seven or six and six is possible you know, like at, at this point, if you're a Gator, you're in the SEC, Utah's a nomad changing conferences. You know, they don't have their starting quarterback. The expectation should be, if I'm on the Florida Gators, that we are winning this game. Will they win this game? The last thing I saw was losing 30 to three to Oregon State, Chris, you know? What's that? What do you think? Does Florida win? So, so I've actually locked in a prediction. I've got twenty-three to seventeen Utah. I, I, I just, I've spent the, the entire. I'm never coming on this show again. <laughs> I here, here's my thing, Mark. The entire off season, we have spent doubting Florida, and you know, again, carving their tombstone. And Graham Mertz isn't very good. And I know it's the sexy thing right now coming into this one that you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot Florida beat Utah last year. Can't No Cam Rising, and all of a sudden, do you think Utah staff really just found out two days ago or yesterday that Cam Rising no. wasn't going to play? They've been no. preparing all fall camp for this. Game one, Graham Mertz, I, I just don't trust him. I, I just don't trust the Florida offense, and I think Utah has enough on the line of scrimmage to compete with Florida. The elevation, Salt Lake City – Florida having to be on the road, I, I'm, I'm going to side with Utah. If I lose, it's on the Utah side. I I have not, just because they don't have their quarterback, I, I cannot just completely change up my school of thinking and go with the Gators in this one. So I, I, I've got 23 to 17 Utah. I, I, you've seen the, 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 the spread, by the way, plummet, right, from seven and a half to now four and a half. I mean, you're seeing folks that on three, 24-7, go on record and pick the Gators. It feels like a situation, Mark, in which, again, lately they've just become that sexy upset pick now because some different things are are kind of happening. I, I'm not I'm not falling for it. Let's just put it that way. So I, I've got Utah winning the game. Well, and I think, Chris, also what we're undervaluing is just the setting that that game is going <laughs> to be in. You right. know, um, the home field advantage that Utah mm-hmm. is going to have. And is that Florida team ready to beat a team of that caliber that has a lot of – Rims of last season, being on the road, Chris. If that game is in Gainesville, no Cam Rising. Okay, I might pick Florida again. Uh, you know, I'm saying some of the commenters are saying, "Mark, is there a pick in there?" I, I listen. There's one team I struggle to be objective about. It's Florida. Okay, so I, I give you what I'm what I'm thinking. I, I'm I'm showing you which way I'm leaning. Right. And that's that's got to be that's got to be good enough. We'll, we'll see about putting a prediction on, on on Twitter a little bit later at Mark Ryan on air. We'll see about that. Mark Ryan, the fan upstate. Mark, last thing before I get you out of here, the best of the rest in the SEC week one. Of course, LSU, Florida State is the headliner. You have made it very clear that Florida State is frauds and LSU will dispose of them with ease. Do you stand by that going into week one? And then what else do you like? I mean, I think the other headliners, Missouri opens their season tonight. Uh, I think Tennessee, Virginia with Joe Milton, game one. Alabama, Middle Tennessee State. What does the quarterback situation look like? What are you most looking forward to in week one outside of the games we've already discussed? Okay, so, Chris, do you believe Florida State is legit? 
not to the standpoint of, I mean, I don't know if you saw my college football playoff predictions, Mark, last week. I've got Clemson in the playoff. So, no, I do not. I've got – And I, uh, and I call it, by the way, speaking of being objective, I caught a lot of shit for that. But I really don't care. I think that Clemson's defense is still one of the best in college yeah. football. I I think the Riley-Klubnick thing is going to work. And, I mean, to the point, the All-Cupcakes Conference, like, who's going to beat them? They, they play Notre Dame, Florida State, and South Carolina, and those are their three – I mean, I know NC State's a tricky game, but realistically, like, if they get past FSU, I mean, who's going to beat them? So, I mean, they, they, had a ter- they had a terrible year last year and went undefeated in the ACC and won the conference championship. Like, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that with a much better quarterback and better offense that Clemson goes back to the playoff. I don't think that's crazy. But either way, Chris, Chris my playoff four, Alabama, Georgia, okay, um, Michigan, and Clemson, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, the SEC has played in every national championship mm-hmm. game for the last 18 years. Mm-hmm. The SEC has won 13 of the last 17 national championships. That ends this year. Michigan is your national champion. 2023 they're the only team in that playoff foursome that doesn't have a quarterback question or a new coordinator or a new quarterback everything like that jj mccarthy and company i think this is jim harbaugh's team they even have the anger of the ncaa slap on the wrist behind them i just have this feeling man that this year that this year is their year but that's my playoff four um look guys do i think florida state has gotten better under mike norvell yeah i do I do. Um, however, I don't think their talent is there yet. So I think, Chris, in that conference, as bad as it is, they could be sitting there with a record of 10-2 and two or 9-3, and three, um, and everyone, everyone's hitting me with, and I told you so, Mark, that Florida State's really good, and then they lose the legitimate games that they play. You know, they got a bunch of wins over Virginia and Duke and Pitt and schools like that because Norvell has elevated them. They should have never been – at the level of those schools, Chris, with the advantages that they have, they should have never been at that level. But, um, you know, look, I, I think it's fair. Gamecock fans have said, well, if we would have been in the ACC last year, would we have won the ACC? You may have. You may have, right? Um, South Carolina has more ACC championships than SEC championships. You may have won the ACC last year. This is not a great conference. So don't hit me Florida State's record to validate what they are hit me with their performance against LSU against Clemson by the third week of September, Chris, I think Florida state has two losses and I don't think we're talking about them anymore. And again, Mark, I'll bring the conversation back to week one in the sec. Some things you're most excited to see in week one, anything particular jump out to you from the schedule. Brother, I can't wait to see coach prime. You know what I'm saying? Now, Chris, let me bring you into this here. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, everyone's excited about Coach Prime, except who? The guys who he cut from the team. Now, <laughs> I didn't even know what the rules were on this, Chris. I mean, did you know this? But you could, like, he, he went to play. He had meetings with players on scholarship. Mm-hmm. And he said to them, quote, I don't know where your future is, but it's not here. You know what I mean? And he said that to players on scholarship. Now, it was, it has always been an unwritten rule that if somebody's under scholarship, you don't do that to them, mm-hmm. right? So he's been very offsides to steal our show name with how he's run the ship in Colorado. And it, there's so much excitement about him that it's like people gloss over that. But there's a lot of players on that team, Chris, that were on scholarship that really felt like they got screwed over. And Chris, that roster 
is unlike anything we've ever seen before in college football. Mm-hmm. They've got half of that roster is four and five stars. The <clears> other <throat> half of that roster is walk-ups. You know what I'm saying? So that, that <laughs> roster, Chris, is if like you or me got to be on the Gamecocks, you mm-hmm. know, you got to Kerry and Joyner, you got Nick Harbor, and then you got Mark Ryan and Chris Phillips running routes out there. That's what Colorado's <laughs> roster is. I don't mm. think it's going to be good enough to, to beat the team that made it to the national championship game a season ago, but I am fascinated, fascinated to see that dynamic with Coach Prime and Boulderman. Mark Ryan of the Fan Upstate. Check him every day, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern at Mark Ryan on air on social media. Mark, happy college football season, my friend. We officially made it. Really excited to chat with you on your airwaves and have you on here weekly all throughout the college football season and beyond, my friend. Hey, guys, we really appreciate it. I want to invite you guys to follow me on Twitter. I'd love to have you. It's Mark Ryan on air. That's M-A-R-C, Ryan on air. Let's have some fun throughout the season. Good luck week one against North Carolina. I always like when the teams we cover, Chris, farewell, yeah. you know? So, like, it's, it's good for business if, if South Carolina <laughs> wins the game. I owe you guys two things, to be honest with you, and to work as hard as I can on the show. You'll always get both. My honest opinion is North Carolina wins the game, but we will see. The beauty's in the banter. The fun is in the debate. Let's rock and roll, guys. We'll see you next week. Mark, you the man. Take care. Keep up the great work. Thanks, guys. Take care. All the best. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.